previously on Incredible Critics. Favorite to least favorite, what, you know, how would you order these episodes? Um, I can favorite let you, would... I can buy you some time if you need no, to. No, no, I'm, I'm There's only three episodes. I think I'll be all right. No, no time. Favorites, definitely uh, me, you, and everyone we know. Oh the my second God. would be 15 <laughs> Merits. And the last Credits. one would be, oh yeah, 15 Wait, no, Merits. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one would be, uh, you know, uh, anything besides National Anthem and then probably National Anthem. Right, right. <laughs> watch like infomercials before I watch National Anthem. <laughs> I was going to say, not watching TV and then. <laughs> Never National watching Anthem. that again. Yeah. We are the Incredible Critics, incredible, not because we're great, but much like your thoughts towards your aunt that got you that really weird gift yesterday, our credibility should seriously be questioned. I am Ben Franco, joining me today, Tim Gruber. Merry Christmas, everybody. And Frankie Fusco. Hey, Ben. How are you guys doing? I'm well. I'm, uh... Well, not well rested because we are driving from Pittsburgh. <laughs> As you speak. <laughs> As we speak. Yeah. Uh, it's guys, it's it's the most wonderful time of the year. It absolutely is. Uh today we are going to be talking about what's on and then uh going into our review of a Christmas Prince, which will be spoilers right from the beginning because I'll spoil it right now. Watch it. <laughs> Nothing happens that you don't expect happens. So it was great. Anyway, um, I was but, entertained. But first, guys, I wanted to talk about this. I've I've waited a while to actually discuss uh, this film. So, uh, Annihilation is a film coming out in um, in February. There's actually a trailer for it before the movie we reviewed last week, Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, this movie also has Poe Dameron in it. Oh, does it? Is he in there too? He's the husband. Oh, okay, he uh, is so Eric Garland, or Alex Garland, sorry, is the director, and he was in, directed Ex Machina, which uh, Oscar That's Isaac is Poe, also in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a, a story came out that a studio exec, when he saw Annihilation, by the way, Ex Machina, the the previous film from Alex Garland. One of my favorite films, um, yeah, you know, it definitely, you know, R rated has some, you know, was great to watch on uh, VidAngel. It was perfect. Vidangel, our um, sponsor, right? Seriously, but uh, I loved Ex Machina. One of my favorite sci-fi films. It was ever. really good, and it also starred Domhnall Gleeson. Also, Domhnall Gleeson, General yes. Hux, fame. Yes, lots of Star Wars references there. And Alicia Vikander of not in Star Wars. That other stuff. Um, So a story came out for this film, which I'm super looking forward to, that one of the studio executives went to uh, Alex Garland afterwards and said, like once the film was already pretty much done, and said that Annihilation might be, quote, too intellectual and too complicated for the average movie-going audience. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this because this really aggravated me. You know, it's not... The thing with this is it's it's pretty hard sci-fi, I would say, based on the premise, based on the trailer. Sure. Um, and 
that's not something that's supposed to be for the normal for like a normal audience but also mm-hmm. that's him really underestimating people's intelligence right <laughs> and like bro you are you're too high up in that ivory tower like chill out <laughs> i don't necessarily disagree though i think the average the average person um i don't want to say is not that intelligent but isn't that intelligent i think the average moviegoer doesn't like to think about things and figure things out like did you guys remember when inception came out there's still people that don't understand it um now (laughs) that's a great example of the fact that and you know it's a great example on the fact that it did really well though i mean inception was a a really high grossing movie so just because someone doesn't understand something doesn't mean they're not going to go see it or not even going to enjoy it but I, i do kind of agree i mean i don't know I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if it, if it is too intellectually um, strong for a normal person to understand it and see what's going on. But if it is, I think, you know, that might actually happen, but it could still do well in the theater, you know, in whatever medium it's coming out in. Well, Christopher Nolan is the the best director out there right now that finds the balance between a film being what? Huh? What? Go ahead. I, didn't, I didn't hear what you said. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. All right. Uh, Between a film being, uh, I don't like to use the term intellectual because that feels like it's it's superior than other things. Some people. What? Would cerebral? Is that maybe like for me? It's like like some people go to a movie to be entertained, and some people watch a movie to think. Like I'm definitely on the thinking end of the spectrum. Like that's entertaining to me, but. I don't go to watch a film so that I turn off my mind and just watch what's on screen. Um, I was watching some Terrence Malick films. Um, the tree of life is one of my favorite films and I've just, you know, been re- rewatching it. Uh, what are your guys thoughts on Terrence Malick? Have you guys seen either of any of his films? I have no idea who you're talking about. Uh, I do know who you're talking about, but I'm trying to, I don't remember what other movies he made. So uh, he did um, The Thin Red Line and then oh, okay. a, a bunch of other films and, and The Tree of Life. But the thing about him and it, his his shtick is kind of getting old for a lot of people, but I love it, is that narrative, he just does a lot of weird things. He's the only director that films movies like he does. So for example, Christian Bale starred in a night of cups and I was reading an interview with him and he would say that, um, Terrence would, he, he wasn't even sure what the movie was about while he was filming it and that he would show up on set and Terrence Malick would already be filming and he would just have to insert himself into the scene and come up with what he wanted to say. And the settings don't matter. They're just a metaphor for what the story is is telling. So you'll go from a character and his father at a party to a character and his father outside of a theater where the doors are locked and there's a gate that's shut and they're trapped and then somewhere else. And it doesn't matter. They don't go from A to B because it doesn't matter how they get there, right? So just really weird, like my brother-in-law puts it the, the best way that it's work to watch one of his films but i love that because you're you're thinking the entire time of like what is he trying to communicate here so there's and i know i'm going to be on a soapbox here for a couple minutes just bear with me there's some people that enjoy that and then some people that just want to be entertained and that's how you have movies like a christmas prince um but ideally somebody's going to find the perfect balance between those which i feel like christopher nolan is the best director at and i'm really hoping he gets best director ex machina is a 
perfectly beautiful film that merits those two. It was an indie, low budget. There's four characters throughout the entire thing. Like all of these things are what made Alex Garland such an amazingly brilliant director and made such a beautiful film. And pretty much to me, this studio exec is saying, hey, all those things were the reason why we gave you a big budget. Yeah, that's kind of a little too much now. We kind of want you to rein that in a little bit. You know, the thing that made you, you, we're not really happy with that anymore. But that is also the studio exec's job. His job is, his job is not to care about quality, to be honest with you. His job is to care about the money that's going to come back in for it. So I understand where he's coming from because I agree with you. I think there are definitely movies that make you think and people enjoy those movies. And there's people who want to go to movies and kind of just be entertained. Uh, yeah, I might regret saying this, but there might be people who just want to go to movies and see an Avengers movie and not really care about the substance of the movie, but care about all the fun things they like that make them escape reality. And that is what's, you know, on the screen and everyone's together and all your worlds are coming together and you're having a lot of fun. You're, you're enjoying the movie, uh, cause you don't have to think at all. And then there's people who want to think of the movie. The studio executive's job is to, make sure that his investment, especially if you're given a big budget, that they're going to make that budget back. And a lot of times those thinking movies, you're not going to get that. I don't disagree with you. And I actually kind of uh, on that point agree about the Marvel films that they do suffer from that a little bit. Uh, But the studio exec's job is to do that before he signs the film and not once it's already created. You know, and that that was Alex Garland's point, which was that you saw the script, you knew the movie that I was going to create, and then I created it, and now you're saying that it's not 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 good, that we need to change it. Then we get to hold cyber another podcast about whether or not studio executives read scripts or if they're just signing things over. And yeah, it sounds like a good idea. And, yeah. He, you know, he made a lot of money off of that cheap film. Let's go ahead and yeah, get it. let's see what he can do. I mean, you know, fantastic, no, that's perfect example of that. Steve, I saw the movie and they were like, oh no, we're going to change all of this because you need to have a, you know, a space scene. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely fair. Fortunately, Alex Garland and the uh, producer, I forget the, the, the executive producer of the film, but they stuck to their guns and the movie did not change. So it is how he envisioned it, but it's not getting as much of a worldwide release, which kind of stinks because yeah, they shop it to like a different, uh, production co- or no not a so production. actually netflix Studio? internationally is going to be distributing <laughs> oh, okay uh which stinks because then it may not get as much of a you know dem- uh, a worldwide box office um results which then negatively impact the director but i'm still happy that the film has remained as it is um that's it I mean, be on netflix though so that's a plus right well uh, internationally not necessarily you don't in think- the states yeah, <laughs> states and Netflix. They didn't say whether there was any type of agreement for uh, okay. domestic release on Netflix. So we'll see. But you know, at least there's a working relationship there. All right. Did you guys have anything else that you guys want to talk about for uh, what's on? What you guys have been watching? I'm well, ready to get ready for this. A Christmas, Christmas Prince. <sighs> if we have to. Ho ho ho! Bonus. <laughs> Forget Fashion Week. What do you know about the royal family of Aldovia? The king died last year, and the prince who's supposed to take over is a total slave and scandalous socialite. Why me? You're talented, hungry, smart, and none of my regular rivals can go this way. 
This assignment could jumpstart your career. Wow. I'm actually inside the palace. This is better than an exclusive. Get lots of video, audio, whatever you can grab. Oh, gosh. Okay, that's enough of that. I can't. Hi. I can't. I just, I Ready? can't. Uh, that's from the trailer for Christmas Prince, a Christmas movie produced by Netflix. Ben, are you can gonna, you read the synopsis so people know? Uh, I, one that I do I have to? I put it in the group chat. Underappreciated chill magazine chick has to how to lose a prince in 10 days with a princess diaries too. <laughs> not so playboy prince boy. That's not it at all. <laughs> that That's accurate. pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> oh man, that that is pretty accurate. All right, the actual synopsis. When a reporter goes undercover as a tutor to get the inside scoop on a playboy prince, she gets tangled in some royal intrigue and ends up finding love. But will she be able to keep up her lie? Oh, oh, so, of course not. No. <laughs> you know it's going to end that poorly, but it's also going to end in a, such a happy ending where they get married and get together at the end. Probably get engaged. Spoilers. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Don't spoil it. This is our spoiler-free <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> they... All right. You can't so spoil this Christmas movie. movie. And exactly I think Netflix... the movie you think it's going from start <laughs> to end. It's like every other Hallmark movie except it's on Netflix. And it has Ro- Rose McIver, who I absolutely love because I think iZombie is a great show on the CW. Um, Unfortunately, but... it's not this. No, it's not. Um, this is this is pretty poor. There's a lot of really horrible things about it. And I made a list of the things I <laughs> thought were, were pretty horrible. So let's talk about... Um, the worst New York accents I've ever heard in my life. And that so comes bad. from a New Yorker. It's so bad. What do you know about Adovia? Hold on. That character, Just I just want to point out, at the beginning she's like, what have you heard about this? And at the end she's like, Jewish <laughs> New Yorker <laughs> boss. And yeah, she's, she's like, like my mashugana. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> the, like they were like, there was there was a casting call for this, and she went in there and they're like, give us a New York accent. And that's what she did. And the directors were like, Oh, great. Great. I've never been to New York before, have you? Nope, nope, never talked to a single New Yorker in my life, apparently. Um because and that was the overall theme. Because when you met the dad in the first couple of minutes, his New York accent was horrendous terrible and, and you couldn't <laughs> pick somebody that looked less like her so, nothing like him at all and my other big stipe uh you know issue with her dad i don't know if you guys noticed and have you been to, you guys have all both been to new york right yeah once or I'm, twice or ten times. oh yeah oh yeah i'm a, I'm a little biased because i'm from new york but she went in and got a sandwich and a coffee and her dad goes 495 where is that shop in New York City where you can get a coffee and a sandwich for four ninety? You can't even get a coffee in New York for four ninety. I was worried for a while. I I was a little confused. I wasn't sure if that was her dad or like her stepdad. It was like real. I really real wasn't sure. And then, all right, then she gets to the palace, and there's like a pre- you know, that press conference, and it doesn't mind you. Yada, she yada, gets yada, to yada. the palace like literally a hundred and eighty seconds into the movie. Like it's that quick to get her from New York, New York 
to this Huge weird country. Um, I'm assuming European country. Right. And so here's here's my my issue. I, I only really know the royal family in England, so maybe this little country doesn't have as much security. Uh, but for being as popular as they are in the press, there is no security in this house at all. She <laughs> yeah, just walks in a side door. <laughs> she's just walking in the side door taking a picture, and then some guy's like, oh, 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 you must be the American tutor that we're waiting for. She has a big press pass on. Yes, I am. <laughs> She's oh you're the the American tutor for the princess, um, I just I I couldn't with that. The, the security was nowhere until the end when she barges back in the castle to be like, look what I found! Yeah. Like he is this he he's been made a son. There's all of a sudden two guards that put axes in front of her so she can't go forward. <laughs> it was great. Oh, it was so good. Look, and I, I and, knew I knew this would be a good movie when the <laughs> when it starts with. This Christmas song nobody's ever heard of that is clearly a Jingle Bell Rock ripoff. <laughs> That's like they did the it was like all the same instruments playing a totally fake Christmas song. On top of that, super fake snow, super imposed <laughs> over New York City stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, I was like, Kelsey this and I is, were commenting on that too. This is good. Um, what else bothered you about this film, Tim? <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! I enjoyed it. I see, <laughs> here's the thing. I there was a lot of entertainment value. I will say from this movie. Uh, one of my favorite parts too was like, um, in the middle of the whole movie, she calls her boss, who's like who, who, who whatever her boss's character is supposed to be, and her boss is basically like, oh felony you should just put it on your expense report for this amazing scoop like (laughs) she's just like no 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 keep sneaking around and lying to a royal family of another country and don't get like deported and uh it is the laziest writing i've ever heard in my life and what infuriates me more than how bad it is is that somebody not me actually got paid to write it See, and this is what will always aggravate me about those movies. But it may, it also can give you hope. Look on the bright side, Ben. You could become a famous, a famous, you know, Hollywood writer. You just got to write those type of movies. Make the, the one character says his start working on the Christmas Prince too right now. You, you probably could sell it to Netflix. A character says his royal hotness. Someone got paid. A character said nothing loose about this goose. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of those. Also, they took an entire in the middle when they're kind of starting to fall in love. They take this whole section right out of Beauty and the Beast. And they're like, all right, snowball fight. Okay. Uh, uh, horse ride. Uh, attacked <laughs> by wolves. Uh, okay. What happened in Beauty and the Beast? Oh, yeah. There's a fireplace right after that and they're like really falling in love and there's a fireplace oh yeah i didn't even was, notice that but you're absolutely when, right when they started the snowball fight and then <laughs> and then after right after that she's following him around on the horse and i was like Brittany, if she gets attacked by wolves i was like she's either gonna get fucked <laughs> off of the horse or the horse is gonna run away out of control and then Both it fucked her off and mm-hmm. ran away and i was like if she gets attacked by wolves <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> what? And then I was like, "She's gonna be cleaning his wounds by the fireplace." Boom! Fireplace. 
and Brittany was like, he doesn't have wounds. And I was like, he has emotional wounds, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> and she's cleaning those emotional wounds. And then right then yes. the prince is like, if there's anything that I hate more than anything, it's a tabloid sellout. <laughs> and she's like, whoa, that's oh, me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, also, can we talk about how I think they are the poorest royal family ever? Like his archery set. Like, true. you can buy a Kmart and he's yeah. like what yeah. are you doing out here and he's like she's like adjusting he's like adjusting the sights of my new bow it was a wooden bow there's no sights what is he adjusting it's not it's like, also the bow. there's no it's whoever got paid to find these props was literally they had to be like some intern that like kept forgetting and then had to pick up stuff on the way to set like you know that they woke up late they woke up Amazon Prime did that's exactly what they did oh yeah we found that scene in two days the whole budget was blown on like the castle or like filming in the real Alps or something like, that was the budget. The The props director woke up late, was rushing to the set and was like, crap, I need a bracelet. Let me stop by Pandora and literally buys a Pandora bracelet and they use it in the film. My wife has that bracelet. Yo, um, can I just break great. down something for you guys real quick? Yeah, yeah break it down. She break gets it down. to the castle. She's meeting the royal family under false pretenses. And the queen is talking to her really weird like her accent is fake and i'm i'm thinking man i have seen this queen is a queen and something else i just know it and it dawned on me no she is the borg queen from star trek <laughs> crazy <laughs> queen of the borg who tried to assimilate the the past and the future and I really enjoyed it even more after that point. <laughs> Wait, and I was kind about... of waiting for her to like assimilate somebody. I didn't know what was going on. Can can you assimilate? Can you talk about um, what you mentioned in our chat about the the princess? How she was talking to the princess? Because there was what's that? You, I didn't because well, I actually didn't even know what the word okay. was. But yeah, so the prince. Yeah, so the prince has uh, a little sister, right? Who has a. Uh, what does she have? Spina bifida. Yes, yeah, spina bifida. And so it's this real heartwarming where she's bonding with the princess because they're real good friends. They become good friends, and and she's not like the tutor, not the prince. Oh, yeah, the, the tutor. The, the tutor is like, yeah, the main chick. Uh, I zombie is like, you can be <laughs> whoever you want to be, and you can learn just like any other kid, and you're normal. They become friends out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. But throughout the whole movie, there's adults talking around her in scenes, and they're right in front of her, like in the middle of conversations with her, and they're saying really a, things that like you shouldn't say in front of children or like this princess. Young, not, how old do you think she is? Princesses. I don't like know. Maybe ten years old, right? Yeah, yeah. ten. And I'm like, they're. Uh, the prince makes a joke about uh, his cousin's Ferrari overcompensating for something uh, <laughs> like right in front of her. And then it cuts to her and she's smiling and it's like, <laughs> really no, no, that's not okay. Um, the, the uh, I zombie is like, she finds out I zombie is a reporter <laughs> Sorry. out of nowhere. They never explain out of nowhere. She she's just like, oh, I never go back into to your room and stole your computer. And she's like, I have a password. You hid your password in plain sight. <laughs> um, and so she's there, she's like, they're talking about stuff, 
and it gets to a point where where i zombie is like so your brother is not a playboy philanderer and i was like <laughs> why is she talking to a young princess like this the word philanderer first of all 10 year old's not going to know what that means second first of, of all, all i didn't know what that word looks was it up, not okay not appropriate for children. <laughs> that's exactly how I felt. you said it in the chat and i was like actually you know what i don't know what that word actually means and so i looked it up and i was like oh that's in the safest dictionary it's not appropriate for children <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then they and the uh the whole time when they go to do the snowball fight and like the princess so the the little princess falls off the the sled yeah so horrible like, uh, yeah, and it's like she's like, "Oh no, are you all right?" And I was like, "Brittany, she's gonna roll over, laughing and smiling." Can we, and, I'm very surprised that there wasn't like she couldn't walk at the end of the movie. Like, I was surprised that they just <laughs> threw that in there. Like, and oh no, I can walk. They're doing this snowball fight, and she can't move. She's like, yeah, and, and the, on the ground, and they just <laughs> leave her there. She just stays there. <laughs> she's just laying on the ground throwing snowballs. She also had a weird English accent, and no one else in her family really did. But overall, listen, all those issues, I still kind of like the movie. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was entertaining. The best part about this film was that Tim and Brittany were watching it about the same time that Chelsea and I were. <laughs> that was really good. And Tim and I were just texting back and forth. And it was I was great to read those. dying because we were having the same thoughts about the same things at the same time. And it was wonderful. It was really good. We need to do that. We need to do that with more movies. Though that was just our thoughts on a Christmas Prince. Let us sometimes know you yours. just need a happy ending movie, Ben. No, I don't. I don't. Because <laughs> I am intelligent in my movie watching choices. <sighs> uh, but let us know what you thought. Seriously, watch this film. I don't think you should use the you word know. intelligent, Ben. <laughs> let us know if you think uh, you have to be somewhat not intelligent to watch this film. Uh, Frankie, where can people connect with us? <laughs> Guys, follow us on Twitter at Three Critics Pod. Go on Facebook, give us a like, get all of our updates, facebook.com slash incredible critics. And don't forget to go on iTunes, hit subscribe, leave us a comment, let us know what you think, guys. And girls. Ah, man, that was a Christmas Prince. Until the new year, we are the Incredible Critics. I I did also watch El Camino Camino Christmas, which is on Netflix, which with Tim Allen and. uh, Oh no. There's a, there's a, actually it's a pretty big cast in there. Uh, it was pretty funny, wasn't oh, that? It was, well, it was better than the Christmas Prince, I will say. It was a little can more. I, can I just say one one more thing? S- they spared no expense at that Christmas Eve coronation. String lights, the string lights were impeccable. <laughs> okay, okay. Not to mention the first royal family. Not to mention the fact that they say a Christmas Prince. They actually use the title. Yeah, she said that Chris, this Christmas prince is, a, is has no right. And then also, the cousin is like, coronation? myself. In what coronation of any royal family member ever do they say, does anybody here object? Right? It's not a wedding. <laughs> it's a wedding. Listen, I guarantee Christmas I prince. say that at weddings. 
is they are married and they're going to have a little Christmas prince Baby. child. Yeah, you're right. And Santa- Let's write it. Let's write it right now, guys. <laughs> 